0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to locked on seminoles i'm your host max and right here in the zoom room i've got andres silva we are filming our second episode of the night but the first one you're listening to today we first of all want to thank everyone who came out to the live show monday night maybe you caught it on tuesday however you saw it thanks for being there if you're on youtube make sure you subscribe like the video Leave some comments, questions, all of that. But we've got a great show for you today. We are going to talk about the answer to Florida State's problems and how it's simpler than you may think. They just need to run more plays. Run more plays, you'll win more games. They really just need to figure that part out. We're going to do that while uh, filtered into talking about the spring game quite a bit. We spoke about it yesterday, but there were a lot of things in the notes I didn't hit For instance, I got to talk about the really abysmal tight end room, which I'm sure I'll mention today, but Drake, I didn't really get to talk about the positive things I saw at receiver or what I liked about this running back room and how we have a lot more depth there. So there's a lot to cover, man. Let's play the video and let's dive right in.
1: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, folks, we are back. I'm your host, Max at Max Moody 17 on Twitter. That is my co-host, Tally underscore underscore Drake. Buddy, it's good to see you. It's good to have you here. And more importantly, it's good to be here. It's a really special week to me. Not really. I don't know why I said that. It's not really a special week, but hey, spring's over. So uh, every week is a week closer to the season starting. Our baseball team has decided to completely give up on the season, um, which is disappointing. Our soccer coach left in the dead of night and basically sent out an email we've now seen that said he doesn't trust or respect the athletic director. Point is, we don't have a ton to look forward to, so we get to do math. And we were talking about Jordan Travis's stats. And yesterday on the live show, y'all had asked, hey, is it too crazy to ask for like 2,500 yards from him? And we thought, hey, let's do some math on it. And while I was doing that, I won't even bother showing y'all exactly what I did because it's, it's, it's not complicated, but it was more than I needed to do. The point is, I realized that Florida State last year ran 68.4 plays per game from the line of scrimmage.
1: 69, if you want to have more fun with numbers at home.
0: (laughs) Actually, it's 0.4. You can't round it up, but if you really wanted to, yes, close to 69 plays nice per game. Dude, that was 82nd in the country. Jordan Travis last year had a 62.9% completion rating. It was close enough. Nice. Um, And we only threw the ball. 43.3% 43.3% of the time. If we kept all things consistent, right? What what do they call that? What's the Latin term for that? Not passe comitatis. Uh that's the act about the military intervening on US soil. But uh the one, what's the what's the term for all things held equal? It's a it's an economics and a math or I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. All things being equal. Jordan Travis's yards per yards per completion staying the same at seven nine. Completion percentage staying the same at 62.9. Us still throwing the ball only 43.3% of the time. If we ran as many plays as Ohio State, who is 50th in the nation, by the way, just top 50. It's all we have to do. We have an extra 310 yards to the air last year. We run as many as the 25th ranked team. I promise I didn't make this up just for funsies, but Miami number 25 of the nation at plays per game last year at 75.6. If Florida state had ran 75.6 plays per game last year, all other things being held constant, 411 extra yards through the through the air. Dude, those 411 yards, depending on how they're spread out, how many games could that have won us last year? Probably three. Right.
1: I think, I think legitimately it's three. Um, I mean, and obviously, folks, those numbers aren't going to be the same. I mean, Miami is going to take definitely take a drop because Red Lashley is gone. As you know, he was basically from the same school of thought as a Kendall Braz where We go as fast as possible do as many places as possible. And they still were in 25th, which is a line. And I think you said the first team was Wake Forest and they ran about 81. Oh, place. First place. oh, oh ranked
0: first. Yes. yes oh, ranked so first Wake, was Wake Forest, Forest was first. Right. So if we if we did that, which I didn't do, if we ran as many places, Wake Forest, number one, the nation in place per game, 81.4. Mm-hmm. That's 560 plays per game or 560 extra yards on the year. I don't know why I said plays per game. That's kind of wild.
1: I mean, it Um, is wild. I mean, it's like, it's more to the fact that you show that FSU last year had a lot of threes and outs FSU last year had a lot of third and long distances when it comes to converting, whether it be in their first, you know, series or, you know, down the line, down the field. So it's like, it's to me, it's, we need to see, I guess, more of a constant with the play calling and this is what me and you discussed like a little more off camera where now we have Alex Atkins actually in the new OC role and how Dillingham and Norvell were kind of like a mind, a Vulcan mind meld. They were kind of two of the same thing, trying to do the same thing each time. Now with Atkins in there, it can be a little more, Hey Mike, let's, uh, let's do something a little bit different right now. I think this would be a little bit better. Like, are you sure Alex? I'm positive. I'm positive, Mike. Come on. Let's, let's, uh, let's run the ball a little bit more and so stuff. You know, keep doing that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Having some divergent thinking in your, in your upper echelons is, is not a bad thing. That's you're absolutely right about that. You know, and, and look, it's a complex equation, right? Why didn't we run enough plays? There could be several reasons. One, like you said, too many three and outs other side of that. We also weren't great at getting the ball back. Our defense really liked to put the bend, but don't break thing to the, you know, really, really follow the letter of that. Um, yeah. Right. We also did go pretty slow. I mean, how many times last year are we watching just like, hey, why are we waiting so long to call a run play? Just get the play in there. Let's dial this thing up and let's get rolling. I, I would be interested to see too, if there's a correlation between a average age of the player and number of plays ran. Um, I imagine that it's to a point, right? Because some teams just don't try to run a lot of plays. Um But you know what i mean like the 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 more like wake forest they've all been playing together for five years of course you only have to tell them to play and they'll go run it quickly um i don't know so that was just one thing i want to point out though is like we can't run the 82nd most plays per game in the country and expect to win a lot of football games you're just you're actively putting yourself at a disadvantage by doing that right You're, you're literally giving the letting the other team have to defend less you make a team defend 68 plays Versus 78, which is Alabama, number 12 in the nation in that, you're making it harder to keep you from scoring. That's 10 more chances you're giving yourself to get in scoring position or to score or to you know make a big play or whatever. So this team's got to run more plays. I'm glad I went down that rabbit hole because I haven't heard that talked about at all. And uh, when we start saying, okay, going into next year, what are you looking at? Well, now I know I have a new metric. I'm going to look at how many plays are we running each game. And Drake, I think to your point, I'm going to be tracking why. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch throughout the season. Like if we only run 61 plays in a game, okay, what caused that variance? Like why did we have a negative variance away away from average? If we were able to run 75, how did we get to that positive variance?
1: And I think, right, as well, you can see I'm looking, if you're on YouTube right now, you see me looking at my side screen over here and Mike Norvell's from the Gus Malzahn school of basically offensive philosophy. You see, last season, UCF actually was 102nd, basically with 66 plays per game. And that's kind of foreboding, but if you do look back to his last year at Memphis, Mike actually was 48th in the country at 72.9, so basically 73 plays per game. So this kind of seems to me that I would like to see if the year before, how plays per game actually ranked and the year before that, to see like if he's somewhat trying to implement his offensive philosophy a little bit more maybe that could actually help with more plays per game overall
0: anyway folks i want to tell you about the friends that bring us this uh this wonderful show that we watch every day and that's betonline.net they are not just a way to get your action down they will help give you information about the plays that are out there and what you should be making like i said there's not a lot going on the fsu sports sports world right now so uh you know, I guess we're gonna have to turn to other things. You can watch the MLB, you can watch the NHL, the NBA is made to the playoffs. There's all kinds of stuff to get money down on. And if you're interested in doing it, make sure that you do it at BetOnline.ag or .net. And make sure that no matter what you do, you gamble responsibly. Speaking of behind the eight ball, though, let's move forward and let's talk about the spring game, Drake. I'm gonna do the same thing as the live show since uh. I was our lone representative of the spring game. I'll kind of let you drive the conversation more than, than me just thinking out loud.
1: So the one thing that I actually did notice that they kind of allowed us to see on the AC network broadcast when they weren't interviewing basically everyone on their mother, that's either an <laughs> alumni, a booster a fan or wearing an FSU t-shirt.
0: Anyone that ever possibly could have gone to FSU.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Even though I will say Jermaine Johnson's fit was fire. The, the man is definitely getting that, that lottery money. But um, to me, I like the way our wide receivers did look. And I want to point out specifically Micah Pittman, who someone that when he first, you know, committed here, I was like, okay, he's going to be good, but I'm going to, you know, hold back a little bit more because I know he was the big fanfare. He was a former top 100 kid. Also his dad played in the league for a very long time. His brother right now is always a wide receiver, star wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. But after seeing kind of like the way he's able to play on the spring, in the spring game, um I don't it's hyperbolic but I think it's someone that we can use similar I mean I'll, I think the comments a few weeks ago mentioned why don't we use more of our weapons like a Debo Samuel from San Francisco 49 ers which is basically that gadgety wide receiver running back hybrid and the best place we saw with Pittman after he came back from his injury I guess he had heard had a shoulder contusion I think during that two-point conversion goal line drive whatever the hell that drill was I mean he came in just like a like a like a pit bull with a ball and just literally just blowing people over. He's a physical, physical back and a physical, physical wide receiver, and that's something that I was very excited to see. And then Johnny Wilson, I mean, he dropped everything that came to him, but he still got open. You just need to learn I how to Yeah, I ball.
0: think he just had, I think he had like two targets and dropped one. I mean, I, his drop wasn't that bad. Um, Pittman is a very physical guy. Here's the problem Pittman alone is not really a recipe for success. You need someone to distract from the threat of Pittman no, I agree to with that. make him effective. No, no, I'm not saying right. No, I'm not saying you're not. You're just saying, you know, using the gadget players. It's what we saw with Ja'Kai Douglas last year. We kept asking, well, why is Ja'Kai this like home run or nothing guy? Well, because once he gets on the field, since there's no other threat to be a home run, they know that he's going deep. And if Pittman can have... A Malik McLean or a Johnny Wilson step up, then yeah, he could be really good this year because I like what he does. He comes downhill with bad intentions. There was a play he caught. I don't know if it was on the broadcast, but um, from where I was sitting, it was the right side. So he caught probably a one-yard pass, or is your is like a it's basically a right wide receiver screen, yeah. and it looked like your typical play that we do when that happens, that he's going to get tackled. And he actually ended up making a five or six yard run out of it, not because he made anyone miss, just because he ran into people and made himself hard to tackle. And like, if you can, we talked about this last year. If you can turn the negatives into neutrals and your neutrals into positives, you will win more football games. We're not asking this team to win a national championship this year. We're just asking them to win a few more football games. They were very close last year to winning eight or nine games. They were very close to winning three. Yeah. So this is a wait-and-see team. I'm not changing my mind on that. But because of the way you look at it, that they could go, They again, they don't need to substantially improve at anything. They just need to get a little bit better at everything. Again, turn the negatives into neutrals and the neutrals into positives. And I think Pittman is a guy who turns your neutrals into positives just because of the physicality with which he plays.
1: So that's where I'm going to push back just a little bit on that because I do kind of agree that I'll, I I like that a lot too. Your negatives, neutrals, neutrals, positive. I should, you should put it on a T-shirt. Actually, I should. I should. I, should put I, should. It. I just came up. Actually, with that. that was actually was I'm really. Usually, head. I'm the name guy. That's really, that's really, really good. Um. So for me personally, though, I think that we see these weapons with a Micah Pittman, with a Johnny Wilson, who I personally still think is going to be able to is going to be able to somehow find out how to catch the ball And obviously yeah, He'll ball. learn. Like he'll he'll learn. Keyshawn Helton as a wide receiver three looked very, very, very good. And we and you have been, both been saying, hey. When he's not the number one, when you just let him work, it gets solid. He had so two to really me, good catches. Yeah. He,
0: Even the one that got blown dead. Did they show that one from Tate? That they got did, blown
1: dead. Which to me, that I don't care what anyone says, like that would have been a touchdown. I think that he based that that was a great say in the pocket by Tate. I know they people were slowing yeah, up on it. I don't. I not
0: uh, Sacker, Sacker, no. It was a good catch too. It was a good throw yeah, and a good catch, right? Good so yeah, maybe. Catch. Like maybe he does get sacked there, but I'm just made yes. So so that was part of Keyshawn looking good though. Keyshawn looked pretty solid,
1: exactly. But to me, like saying like basically these pauses that we have with the weapons around, even though our tight end room isn't that great, but you see how Trey Ward looked out of the backfield catching the ball. You'll see Trey Benson also being good with Saint Lawrence to field. He kind of also he gained ten pounds or gained like five pounds, which is something that we've been asking for him to do since he got here, and he looked pretty good. C.J. Campbell. So to me. This is where like, I think these kids are all can also be all solid pass catchers. So I don't think you need to substantially improve, but I do think the weapons are there for Jordan Travis to actually, if he is able to actually keep his composure, keep calm in the pocket, step up when he needs to, when he can because we saw a lot of times yesterday where he had the pocket to where he's able to step up a little bit more. If he's able to do that, I think he can substantially improve, or we'll finally find out if he really can't
0: sure look i'd love everyone to substantially improve i guess i'm i'm saying it from a an optimistic standpoint i'm saying yeah
1: there's definitely like we can i think i think it's possible to even get even go halfway to that which would be great for the team overall
0: yeah no i i absolutely agree man um but again i look i think even if you don't improve substantially and you can just get a little bit better in every area you just block a little better catch a little better throw a little better run a little better you'll still have a you could have a much better result than five wins but Hey man, if they want to improve substantially, I'm not gonna tell them not to. I mean, I would I would it sounds, love it sounds I would love for them to.
1: It sounds like a cap in the ceiling, my
0: guy. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Man. <laughs> I'm not a cap in the ceiling. I'm I'm saying the floor that's what that's actually, I'm glad you said that. My my thesis statement here is the floor is higher than I think people think it is. I think people that think it's eight wins, like we talked about last week, like they also need to settle down. But I I don't think there's anything on this team that right now or at least that I saw from the spring game or that I've seen from spring practice or that I've heard from talking to people around the program makes me think, Oh man, we're in trouble here. The tight end room, I think is probably the worst unit on this team by far. But to your point, we got guys that can catch it from the backfield. We got guys that can catch it as a receiver and we got random gadgety dudes like Ja'Kai Douglas out there that can catch it from various places all over the field. So we can make up for that deficit. It's not going to be the end of the world. It is going to keep us from being an ACC championship caliber team, but that's not even the goal of this year. The goal of this year is like, let's win seven or eight games and show that we're trending in the right direction. And then we'll worry about becoming an ACC championship team down the road. But I think we need to take a little bit, a little break Hear from our sponsors. And we will be right back with some power rankings that have been updated now that the spring has concluded. All right, man. So power rankings, we did a few of these. And again, power rankings are dynamic. I should start writing mine down because frankly, I kind of, I make them. And then I, I don't know, ahead of the season this early, I didn't feel like I needed to write them down, but now I kind of wish I had. So um, I think we should either do running back or receiver or defensive back. Which one do you want to do?
1: Let's do running back. I think you're a little more familiar with that room than on defensive backs. And then wide receiver, I think we can definitely do that different show.
0: Okay. Running backs. Um, So yeah, running back, by the way, is the room I am probably the most comfortable with now. Uh, They were the one room that after watching them and probably because of some improved offensive line play on Saturday, I was like, we're good. Um, We're not going to have a Heisman Trophy winner, but I, I'm not, I'm not terrified of what that room could produce. And I think for me, I'm going to, I'll go, I'll go backwards to forwards Um, my number one running back on the board. So I guess I'm, I don't know how many I'm going to name. I'll probably end up naming four. So let's call this four. This is my first one that I believe is worth ranking is CJ Campbell. He is pretty much what we said. He's a walk-on who ran for like 2,500 yards in high school. He is not going to he he's not going to be your number one back or anything like that but he looked like he belonged on that field if i didn't know he was a walk on i wouldn't have thought he was a walk on and i think that look someone gets hurt someone gets dinged up or someone just needs relief because this team runs 55 what 57% of the time he's he's not going to be a detriment to your team back there
1: so you're saying now this is the first person you're saying, or this is your number one on top of your rankings?
0: No, no, This is like the number, the first one that cracks the the rankings. Okay. I just don't know if I'm going to rank four or five of them. So he's okay. either number four or number five. I should have planned it out, but I didn't. So he's my like first person worth ranking.
1: Okay. So then I'll, you know, start from the bottom of pocket power rankings. He's not the, not saying he's the worst, but I am saying that he, like Max is saying, he's the first one I have on there. And yeah. I have Lawrence Tolfeely. And that's primarily because I did like a lot more of what I saw from C.J. Campbell, who would probably be my number three. Spoiler alert: like to me, that he actually showed a lot more on the field than, quite honestly, I when you heard the practice reports and you you talking to some folks and hey, he's he's the real deal here. And I'm like, I don't. It's really hard to hit on, hit on two preferred walk-on running backs basically back-to-back years, and somehow Norvell actually did. And with Lawrence still Philly, he looks a lot better. And this is something that it's not, not no disrespect to him for being a little bit lower, but to me, it just seems that for some reason, CJ Campbell had a little more confidence with his running and something that Lawrence still he looked a little more improved, but I do definitely think that Lawrence if could jump over that, but I think CJ Campbell and Lawrence still being four and three respectively. That definitely is the way I see mine going out.
0: Yeah, I'm putting someone in between them. I've got DJ Williams separating CJ Campbell and Lawrence to Philly. Um, I'm still high on DJ. I think I've probably been the only one on the beat who has consistently said DJ Williams has a spot in this offense this year. I think we all have, but our show has been the only one to say it, which is fine. I, I There's things that we've been the only ones to say that we've been very wrong about too. So it's not like, Corey not Wren. to say I told, right, exactly. Corey Wren. Shout out to you. Um, nice pick. Hey, it's going to go be a horn frog. Good, good for him. That's, hey, it's not power five, but it's still FPS. So. Yeah, it is. that's good I'm, yeah, it's a, I'm not i don't know you hate the that's, big 12 so much i mean there once was, was texas and oklahoma are gone come on like that's a anyway. anything either
1: though to be honest with you but hey.
0: <laughs> what'd you say they
1: haven't won anything in a long time either though so
0: yeah right like well that's true but even then like the the money at those schools was like their last vestige of like okay fine we'll let you call yourself power five yeah. um anyway i i think dj williams looks better i mean I liked last year how he finished runs in the spring game. And then the season came around and that just like, wasn't really there. And it was weird. And we kind of heard rumblings that maybe he was nursing something. Now we're finding out after the season that he was fighting injury pretty much throughout the entire year. And it makes a lot more sense, but he just looks, he looks better. He looks ready to go. And I I think he's your number three or four guy. I mean, I don't, again, I don't think he's not your RB one. He's not your TB one but he is someone that I would expect to see, I don't know, what do you say, 15%, 20% of the carries this year? I mean, he'll see a decent number of them, and um, I think he'll he'll be an important part of this offense, and it was it was good to see him look like he's taking that next step because I was worried for a bit he might take that, uh, you know, might end up going the way of um, uh, the guy, what's the young man's name, transferred in, then transferred to Troy a year later. We were, like, kind of excited. Oh, Damian Webb? Yeah, like I was kind of worried, like eh, maybe maybe it's just not going to work out with him, but it, it could. I liked what I saw from him.
1: I mean, that was good. Now, actually, all I also too was worried that he would leave for carries, mainly because he left Auburn specifically because Tank Bigsby was the number one back there. And for those who don't know, Tank Bigsby is going to be drafted probably in the late first, maybe second round, because he is that talented <laughs> of a running back. And when you have the SEC pedigree from Auburn and their you know history running backs from there, that's what happens. But to me, DJ Williams, I. I'm going to put him in there at 3-2, mainly because I kind of forgot about him. Like, damn, he actually did look pretty good. And he actually did look really healthy. And also, you saw with DJ Williams, sometimes, you know, you don't want to confuse patience with hesit- with uh, hesitancy when it comes to running back vision. And mm-hmm. you saw a lot more patience of a runner with him. And that's something that we kind of wanted to see. And also, he is good with his hands. So, to me, that's he's going to get a lot more of the goal line work. And he probably will probably get 20-25% of the carries. And then after that, at number two, will have Treshawn Ward. And that's mainly because with Treshawn Ward, he is the leader of this backfield. But I just think that I think, not to spoil who you're going to have, like, probably next. I think the guy, the back that he is not going to be probably be backing up by probably game two, and game game three, will probably be the better back than Jason Corbin was last year and might be the best back that we've had since Delvin Cook.
0: Yeah, I, so... For me, these are power rankings, which means I changed week to week, right? Like, like me, my number one receiver has been Keyshawn Helton for the reason that he is the one that I've seen do the most on this team wearing this uniform on this field. Y'all have heard the spiel. So they're dynamic. I see where you're going with Cedric Benson. I am probably Trey Benson,
1: going to. Trey, ben- Trey Benson. What did I say, Cedric?
0: Dude, I'm run, like back, I said, run, run, running back. <laughs> last cards. Um, I agree with the with with where you're headed on Trey Benson. I think that probably by week two or three, if we do these weekly, he'll probably crack my my number one spot in my power rankings. Right now, for me, I didn't see enough from him to unseat Trayshawn Ward in my current power rankings. I saw the potential to do it, but my power rankings, just personally for me in this position, are not based on potential. It's based on what I've seen in the body of work. So I'm still number one is Treshawn Ward for me. And then Benson is my number two right now. But I, I, I don't disagree with you for flipping that. And I think I could very much see a world where by week two or three, um, if he stays healthy, Benson is getting a majority of your carriage because yeah, he runs well and they may have done it again, finding a, a running back coming off injury.
1: That's why I think this this little segment here works for the two of us because yours is basically everything up till now. Mine is literally based on what I think how the end of the year is gonna turn out. And it's just mainly from just from the runs I saw and now I know that they were mainly against, you know, the second string defensive line. My man also was running behind the second string offensive line. And we have seen over the past few years how bad the second the second team offensive line is. And you're still averaging eleven yards a carry on seven carries. That's still something that'll be that you want to see. And also, like I said, with the vision, he has that too. And the one thing that he has that I don't think Trey Sean Ward has is that home run speed. And yeah. like the when the moment that kid's gone, that kid's gone. Like it's like it's like a 40 to 30 to 20 to 10 touchdown goals. Like that's something that I think we're gonna hear a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if he houses probably like an 80-yard run in the LSU game. I'm calling that right now.
0: Yeah, that and I agree. That's the one thing Tray Sean Ward really lacks is he just isn't Trayvon Ward is going to hit 360 all year and it's great, but it's going to be like a boring 360, right? It's going to be like, man, man, guy hits a lot of singles, a lot of doubles and goes yard like 12 times. Now I'm using college baseball numbers because I don't watch the major leagues. I don't, I don't know if 360, I imagine 360 is good there too. I know 12 homers, there would not be very many, but my point is he is like, you know who he is? He's Trey Turner for the Washington Nationals. I love that. I can Trey bring Trey that. So but that's what he is, right? Great leadoff man. You know Trey Turner is probably, you know, I think his OBP the year they won the series was like a like 5-1. A it was nuts. But I don't even know if he had double digit home runs that year because he was like, you know, I think that's your Trey Sean Ward, right? And then you've got your Bryce Harper and you need both. Yeah. But I don't know in the football situation with that analogy i think you start your home run hitter so i do think yeah a couple games in you're probably going to see we'll say, we'll say juan soto we'll say juan soto
1: because that man he won a ring juan for soto,
0: sure sure yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, man's hitting no, i mean juan soto is like too. you know that's he's uh man. he's the man trying to think who juan soto would be on this team the point is florida state needs to find a way to run more plays whether that's getting more stops whether that's getting more first downs or a combination of both and speeding up the tempo That will be a key to victory next year. The running back room is in very good shape, better shape than we thought it would be in. And I am optimistic about it, but we've got to have some help in that tight end room. And there are plenty of things for us to keep talking about. Y'all keep listening. We'll keep talking. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you are one of the podcast faithful. That was Drake. I'm Max and this was Locked on Simmons take care buddy